All right. Hey, welcome to Ask a Pastor. I'm joined by a friend of mine, John Landis, who Hello. also runs the emergency department at Passive Event Hospital. So he's a doctor here in the UPMC system, has been for a number of years. And we thought it would be great today just to have a conversation around some of the things that are happening uh, with coronavirus. So first, just some, some real background things and necessary things for all of us to understand and know. And then as we get a chance to go a little farther, maybe some of the, the spiritual questions around it as well. So John, um, sure. tell us first just uh, kind of what is it that is um, significant for people as they are thinking about this issue, what is it that they should know uh, about this whole thing that maybe they're not hearing uh, through all of the media that they're taking in? Right. Well, you know, I think some of the problem is, is all the media. You know, you get so many sources of different media, liberal, conservative, something down the middle, and sometimes it's hard to decipher exactly what to believe from the media. But, you know, I think if you listen to what the CDC has to say, uh, that's probably the best source to go through rather than CNN.com or Fox News or Yahoo. Uh, you know, that really gives the information that guides the, the medical community and, you know, how we um, approach folks. You know, is there something magic that, that people don't know? I don't, I don't think so. You know, um, in our discussion, I recall telling you that when I told my family that it was time to, you know, to lock down, time to quarantine, time to isolate, you know, you expect pushback from kids that are our age, uh, kids' age, right? You know, 22, uh, 20, and, and 18. Um, you expect some pushback from them. And they really gave no pushback, as I mentioned. Uh, they said, you know, when you said that, we knew you were serious. And uh, so it, you know, and it, it, it's been good. They've, they've, they've managed that. So that's what I would tell folks is that this quarantine piece of it is not a joke. The social distancing piece is not a joke. To wash your hands frequently, not just after you go to the bathroom, if that's something you do or don't do, wash your hands frequently, uh, you know, after touching things. That video you showed yesterday uh, before the service um, kind of gives the uh, the opposite side of washing your hands and then uh, what did you touch? You can completely overwhelm yourself, uh, kind of freak yourself out with, did I touch something? Do I need to wash my hands again? I don't think it has to be to that extreme. And, you know, maybe we can talk about some of the anxieties that go with this whole thing that are uh, probably, you know, equally as troublesome as the virus itself. Yeah. So one of my questions is, where is this headed? So social distancing and quarantine makes sense. Like, I get it. Um, I don't see how in June, all of a sudden, people are magically saying, hey, we're going back and doing things we were doing two months ago. So so give us a sense just medically of, of where this is headed this summer, maybe in the fall as well. Yeah, I think that is, you know, a, a million or billion dollar question. I don't think that the medical community really knows. So, of course, you know, some of the uh, early information that came out was we wanted to flatten the curve. Well, what did that mean from the medical community? That meant 
doing things such that we didn't have all the cases all at once like New York did. So we got that message in the Pittsburgh area pretty early, and I think people have um, done a good job of isolating themselves. So, you know, at the hospitals, we haven't seen the overwhelming number of cases like they have uh, kind of in the war zone uh, uh, in, in New York City. And that, you know, that's a, that certainly is a tough place. But, you know, where is it going to be in June? Well, hopefully, you know, we can flatten this curve. And by flattening the curve, we decrease the stresses on the healthcare system, decrease the spread of, of, the, of the virus, and, you know, kind of buying ourselves some time to either find a treatment, to find a vaccine, um, or, you know, to to let it peter out. Uh, you know, if you look at the SARS virus and the MERS virus, which were two similar, two similar viruses, uh, not quite as contagious, but um, they didn't cause a global pandemic. We were worried at the time that they might, but those uh, just kind of died out on their own. So if you don't have new people being infected, uh, there could be some hope and prayer that 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 the whole thing just dies out on its own. I doubt that's going to be the case, but you know that's that certainly uh, certainly is within the realm of what we're thinking. Okay. So I know I didn't really completely answer where yeah. we'll be in the fall. Um, I, I can't imagine that we'll all be isolated at home in the fall um, because then we might all be choosing B. I choose B, right? <laughs> uh, so. Um, you know, hopefully we're buying ourselves time to ramp up testing, ramp up uh, tracing patients that are actively infected. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be able to have a positive outcome by, by the summer or fall. So what do you make? I've had some people just send me some things that basically say things like, like, hey, there's treatments that we're not hearing, hydrochloroquine, zinc, um, those kinds of things. Have gin and tonic every day. You'll be fine. <laughs> Um, what do you make of those kinds of, of um, pronouncements from people? Right. So, you know, that again goes to where you might be getting your media information from. You know, if you, again, go to the CDC, uh, there, there's all sorts of information on hydrochloroquine and chloroquine, which are, you know, a couple of anti-malaria drugs. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you from personal experience, um, taking them is no fun. Um, I took them when we went to uh, the Solomon Islands. One time we were in Southern Costa Rica and I took them and they cause headaches and nightmares and trouble sleeping. So they're not benign drugs. Um, you know, zinc is over the counter. If you feel like uh, zinc might help you, then go ahead and take some zinc. But if you're really looking at, at the medical community and how we look at, at drugs, medications. You know, there just hasn't been any studies that say this is a proven treatment for COVID-19. You know, we have medications that are proven treatments for blood, high blood pressure, heart failure, diabetes, but we really uh, don't have any track record with any of these medications. So then you're just dealing with anecdotal information, you know, maybe a, a story of someone saying, oh, well, I had uh, hydroxychloroquine and I got all better in two days. Uh, there just isn't the, the, the study behind it. I will say, uh, just a little plug for UPMC, uh, we've started a study that's looking at 
uh, hydroxychloroquine in uh, the patients that, that our facilities are treating uh, mainly in the intensive care unit. So we'll get some, some information on it. Uh, you know, there's other medications um, that have been released for compassionate use, some of the antiviral medications. The uh, FDA has said, well, there may be some, some benefit to some of these medications. So the compassionate uses, we can use them off-label. Um, one, one medication was developed for Ebola. Uh, mm. There may be some benefit in this virus. Uh, so uh, I would say that, again, you know, refer back to the CDC if you're reading about uh, treatments that may be quackery, maybe not quackery. You know, I know I read early on somebody in India was drinking bull urine, and that was supposed to, uh, you know, supposed to prevent coronavirus. And Probably not, you know. So you That's where a little bit you of want, but uh, yeah, may not be recommended. Yeah, you know, you have to you have to have a, an amount of of wisdom and and not worry uh, about this, and you know, again, not worry that that somebody's withholding you know medications that are beneficial. You know, speaking for the the medical community, infectious disease community, we're doing everything we can for every single patient. You know, and. Uh, um, yeah, I, I'll leave it at that. Okay. What, um, so the government has now come out and said, hey, wear cloth masks. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, some are, people are saying, well, it's an option you don't need to. So when you go in public, is it helpful to wear a cloth mask or is it not? Yeah, I think any sort of face covering uh, is beneficial. You know, very early on, I think, uh, my wife was one of the first ones at the uh, grocery store with uh, with a mask and, and some gloves on, um, you know, a cloth mask. I think anything that you can do to protect yourself. Again, we don't really know a whole lot about uh, how this virus spreads. Um, and, you know, there's some models that uh, a simple cough or a sneeze in the grocery store will, you know, spread this thing 12, 20 feet. Um, you know, granted, uh, the masks that we use at the hospital, especially the N95 masks that are in the news, kind of in short supply, those, those are a virus safe. So down to a specific micron, they'll filter out what you breathe in. Um, so clearly, th those would be beneficial. But we're saying not everybody needs an N95 when you go to the grocery store. As a matter of fact, if everybody wore N95s, we wouldn't have them to treat patients in the medical community. But I do think there's some validity to uh, a face covering or a mask. You know, they have been doing it in Asia, China for a while, mainly for pollution reasons. But you have to wonder, you know, they kind of nip this in the bud in some of those areas. So would it be beneficial to uh, wear a mask? I, I, I would say short of... Um, not wearing anything at all. Certainly a cloth mask is good. Next would be, uh, you know, just a, a simple medical uh, type of mask with loops behind the ears and, you know, overkill, again, wisdom, don't worry. Overkill would be you know, using an N95 when you go out. Okay. So having been in, you know, the medical community for a long time, I assume you've not seen anything quite like this in terms of its potential damage. Would that be fair? That would be fair. That would be fair and fair and true. Okay. Yeah. And so 
so as a person of faith as well, how would you, how, how do you see God interacting with this? Um, like, what do you do with, with, you know, you walk into the hospital day after day, you see, you know, cases coming through, um, you know, I assume some really traumatic, some treatable and okay. Um, right. But, but what do you do with, with that from a spiritual standpoint? Right. You know, so I, I think uh, your question, where is God in all this? He's the same place as he's always been. I don't think that he changes throughout, you know, the, these particular uh, types of human uh, tragedies, you know, where was God during previous plagues? Where was God during World War II, World War I, Civil War? You know, uh, he's the same place as he's always been. He's in that same place that says, I'm here. Uh, uh, you know, if you come to me, um, certainly Christ is our savior. Uh, but, you know, if you if you take a step back and say, well, what hand could he have in this? Um, you know, is this something that's to bring us closer together? Is this uh, something that uh, has occurred uh, from the evil standpoint, um, you know, as a plague on humanity, you know, to, to, to try and destroy everything that we built up? I suppose, but I don't I don't really, you know, know that uh, God's goodness is is really, really reflected um, in, in that. Um, so I have to answer for myself each day again. I pray that we don't have you know, the overabundance of patients um, like they have had in New York City. And, um, you know, certainly pray for my for my uh, family and, and friends that they, you know, listen to some wisdom and, and uh, you know, don't don't worry about it too much. You know, probably uh, probably the biggest fear, if you had to say that I would have is for my for my family. You know, I don't necessarily worry about myself when I go to work um you know I know I'm going to to do everything I can and it's not like this is a, a zombie virus that uh, you know is you, you get sick and 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 so be it certainly plenty of people recover but uh, yeah I don't worry about going to work and taking care of these folks you know it changes how I work a little bit but um you know I try to not worry about my family and you know kind of reflect back more on faith and, you know, where God is in all this for them also. Yeah. You mentioned a little earlier about just the anxiety and the other kind of things that come with this. Talk about that a little bit, how you see those issues interrelating to this and, and being addressed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's multiple levels of anxiety that, that certainly can come along with this. There's the, the disease itself. Um, there's the anxiety over, am I going to get it? You know, what's that going to be like? There's the anxiety over, oh gosh, grandma's 85. She's in a nursing home. What's going to happen if she gets it? You know, what's going to happen if someone in my family gets it? What's going to happen if I get it? Um, you know, there, there's those sorts of anxieties. And again, I think you have to rely on prayer and your your faith when you're faced with those sorts of anxieties uh, there's not a magic pill that's going to reduce those uh, anxieties you know you kind of say I don't know what God's bigger plan is for this whole thing you know um, that that's how I look at at any uh, plague or war or 
death of a family member. I don't know what God's goodness is at the end of the day. I mean, this is a small chunk of time, a small microcosm, you know, in, in the, in the grand scheme of things. So, um, you know, I, so, so that's to give us some, some hope at the end and not worry about it, as you had mentioned yesterday, um, for us as Christians, this isn't all there is. Uh, but, you know, on the other hand, none of us want to go, well, I, I'm okay with getting uh, COVID virus on the one hand and, and you know, meeting, meeting Christ at the, at the pearly gates. Uh, but on, it, that, that's just human for us to want to stay alive, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, there, God there's an instinct actually to say, I want to survive and right. live and cultivate on this earth as much as I can. That's part of, I think, how God wired us in creation. And you see it even in the creation mandate back in the beginning of Genesis, you know, to give dominion to the earth. Um, mm -hmm. so, so those are all God given things, um, that are part of, um, yeah, being human. Right. Right. You know, we talked about it as a family yesterday, you know, there's some anxieties associated with being in close quarters for a, a while when maybe you haven't been in close quarters, but, you know, it's amazing, um, how you can kind of get to re-know your college kids that have come home and, you know, interact with them and do some things and, you know, at least to some memories. Oh, I remember when we used to, you know, my wife hid Easter eggs yesterday for my, <laughs> uh, you know, essentially grown uh, adult children. <laughs> so we had, had an Easter egg hunt and she hid their uh, Easter baskets with some boxed candy in it. I mean, you know, if this hadn't happened, they probably would not be home for Easter. You know, yeah. they would be off at college studying finals and whatnot. We still do have one at home, but, you know, it just kind of brought back some some good memories. And so, you know, you still have to ask yourself, is that part of God's plan for this, you know, to to bring us back together, to kind of uh, escape all of the, you know, day-to-day -day things, not that they've gone away, but um, there's certainly, certainly if you look outside, there's a lot less external pressure um, on folks to get together with friends, to hang out with friends, to, you know, a lot of things to go to the bar, uh, you know, whatever, uh, college age kids might do. So, you know, it's been fun in that, in that respect, but, you know, there is some anxiety that can be associated with, you know, oh, uh, you left the seat up and, you know, where did you learn to leave the seat up? Well, four years of college and it's just me, I leave the seat up. So, you know, those, those can be some kind of challenging anxieties, but, but, you know, uh, the, the, the anxieties, again, you, you have to deal with them with just your, your faith and, and, and prayer um, and, and also realize that the medical community is doing everything that they can. The government's doing everything that they can. I mean, this is kind of a, a out of left field, as you said, in, in my 25 plus years of experience in, in medicine, you know, having been through HIV uh, during training and after um, you know, there, there were, uh, 9-11 was probably another big one. And we were all worried about, uh, anthrax and things after that. SARS came along, MERS came along. Of course, it never hit this country. So that was kind of a low level. So yeah, I, you know, this is kind of an unprecedented thing. Um, but you know, the medical community, regardless of what you hear in the media, it, it is as prepared as we can be. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, it is interesting that the time just being home more, I think is right. uh, for everybody is, is a unique adjustment. And, uh, and yeah, we did something similar. We, we um, had always, when my kids were little done an Easter basket hunt throughout the house mm-hmm. scavenger hunt right. we redid it yesterday and yep. uh on easter sunday had uh you know that all going on it, it was just it was almost weird yeah. uh, but it was fun in its own way uh so yeah. we just have a couple minutes left john um tell us what do you want people to know uh about just this whole thing that would be important as a as a doctor who works in it with it day after day right now, what do you want people to know that that would be important? Well, uh, as I said, I think you have to watch where you get your sources of information. So, um, you know, I always refer when friends, family ask me, you know, what what about this? What about that? You know, I will refer them to a particular section of the the CDC uh, website, which, uh, you know, provides good information. Um, You know, as I sent out in a group text to to the the guys in our small group uh, fairly early on, you know it's serious. Wash your hands, isolate, stay at home, wear a mask if you go out. Uh, those are all important things. You know, I think we're at a stage right now where in Pittsburgh at least we have flattened that curve and we've gotten gotten a hold of this. But now is not the time to say. Uh, well, they say that the cases are not as bad as they have been. So maybe I can just go out, I'll meet with friends, I'll have a party. You know, those are the sorts of events where it's like, oops, now we got 20 or 30 new cases. Um, so it's not time to take our foot off the gas as uncomfortable as it might be. We need to really uh, stick with what we're doing right now. Uh, certainly, if you have, uh, interestingly, in the emergency department, we've seen a decline in the patients that we've been seeing. Uh, We're not seeing quite as many um, belly pains, chest pains. My concern with that is uh, people are sitting at home, you know, perhaps uh, with some medical problem that uh, normally, uh, if COVID weren't out there, they would go to the hospital for. So, you know, I think people need to know that, the hospital uh, and especially the emergency department, uh, but the inpatient units, if you have to be admitted, um, it's not like we're, uh, uh, the whole place isn't a COVID ward. You can safely come to the emergency department and not expose yourself for whatever your problem might be. Um, and, you know, we, we, we see you. So uh, that's a big thing I wanted to get out there. If people have medical problems, don't ignore them. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're always there and we're not inundated. This won't be like going to an ER in New York um, where, you know, there's apparently lots of bad things going on. We'll leave it at that. So, you know, if you have a medical problem, please, uh, you know, do as you would have done in any time of need. Um, so those are really some of the big things. That's really helpful. Well, super, John. Well, thank you for taking a few minutes here to uh, to just share your perspective. Absolutely. Them. And um, hopefully for those of you listening, you found just some credible information here to help you as you navigate this season. And as always, if you have uh, things that you would love to hear us talk about on this Ask a Pastor uh, podcast, uh, send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com and we'll be happy to interact with it in the days ahead. So thanks. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Kurt.